All right. Well, we are a lot farther than uh, six feet apart this week. Yes. Uh, you've never looked better. It, <laughs> thank you. You you like being this far away from me. I can tell. Well, let's see. It's a matter of about four or five miles. Yeah. So uh, for those of you tuning in for the podcast, welcome to the 23 podcast. Michael Puppis here with Father Herb Weber. Uh, but we are with, with Michael Puppis. We are um, we are not together today. Last week we recorded it in my office, uh, but today we I'm at my house and Father is at his house. And through the magic of the Internet, we are together with all of you here on the podcast. Yeah, and thank you for tuning in. I hope that what we say is worth your while. And uh, I really I'm finding this what we're doing is even more important now. Yeah, I agree. I've gotten um, numerous notes and I want to say thank you just for the words of encouragement and the love that parishioners have been giving us as a team. Uh, I think they feel our love as we send it out and then it's it's reciprocated. Yeah. I feel like sometimes tenfold back oh, to us. I continue to get notes, you know, from Sunday. People are pleased that they can attend Mass and a lot of people say it was it brought them to tears. I didn't know my homily was that bad, but it brought them to tears. It, well, I didn't want to say anything, but it, it wasn't that great. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, no, Sunday was was powerful. I could, I really felt as though I could feel the the Holy Spirit, the presence of people's prayers and the community, despite the room being empty. Now, here's where I went to, and I agree with you totally. But here's where I want to say a couple words to everybody who's listening and watching. Um, it's going to get old. Not, yeah. not, the, not the mass, not the video presentation, but the being uh, sheltering in place is going to get old. It's going to be harsh on people. And we have to remember not, you know, the first couple of days were sort of like a snow day. Oh, good. We got some free time. Let's do this and this and this. Um, you know, bake cookies, cl uh, play games, uh, clean out the cupboard. Sure. But we, but we really have to structure our days. We have to uh, get a pace. And and uh, there was just a story I heard today on public radio about the problems with addictions. Like a lot of the 12-step programs are very concerned because isolation is one of the, the issues that leads to problems. It's not the yeah. only one, of course. So people have to be very careful. They do not fall into addictive behavior, even if they're not in a 12-step program. You know, uh, it's so easy just to surf the web. It's so easy to binge TV. It's so easy uh, to eat and eat and eat. <laughs> Why are you looking at me? Ah, you're the only person <laughs> I can see. <laughs> okay. oh. <laughs> but, you know, so we have to be very careful. And uh, so we have to be creative. And if you live alone, even more so. I live alone. So you have to be even more so cautious. Uh, but I would say with families, you've got to sit down and come up with almost a strategy for each day. Sure. I've been um, teaching my piano lessons via FaceTime or Skype for the last week. Uh, and I've, I can notice, I, I love all of my students and I love all of the families, but I can tell um, just being in quote unquote in the houses this week, there's a different demeanor. I, I think you're exactly right that, you know, last week might've been kind of fun the first week at home. Um, and not that it's been negative by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I can just tell that maybe the reality is starting to set in for people. You know, sister Anne Mary even said last week, and I thought this was, this was so spot on. She said it's, it's really like a threefold need 
that we're all going to have through this crisis. The first is obviously our physical needs. So making sure that we have food and obviously staying healthy and, um, you know, obviously dealing with those that will be sick. Um, but the next, the next piece is our mental health, you know, making sure that we're staying emotionally and mentally healthy through this. And then third, uh, obviously one that's very important to us is our spiritual health through all of this. Um, and I've loved seeing, you know, through the internet, through social media, so many Catholic outlets, including us, um, giving opportunities for people to stay spiritually healthy, especially during this season of Lent. There are so many opportunities for people. I have found um, the, certainly the art of centering prayer to be crucial at this time, where you turn off all the other things, all the distractions. And to be honest, I do my best sitting right on the floor. Uh, I think most chairs are too comfortable. So I sit on the floor for centering prayer. Uh-huh. Yes, I can get up afterwards. I can. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, I can't help you get up from six feet away. Yeah. Or even four miles away. But anyway, <laughs> I find it, you know, you use a mantra. My favorite is my Lord and my God. And I, I have my eyes semi-closed and I try to uh, be conscious of my breathing. And it's a prayer of listening. And as I say the prayer, my Lord and my God, I put myself right into my heart. And, uh, and then I don't worry about the word so much. I keep saying it because it's a way to to shield me against distractions. Uh, but then it's just sort of like spending time with the, the Lord. And when you start doing this, you, it's a few minutes at a, a time, and then it gets longer and gets longer. Uh, it has to be consistent, like at least one day. Uh, but the beauty of it is you come out of this centering prayer. And it's not just like you're praying for things or praying about things. It's not just imaging prayer. You're just being with the Lord, and there's a strength there I can't I can't describe. Mm, that's beautiful. I find too um, just the rhythm, and you've said about, you've said this prior to um, this COVID nineteen crisis is is the rhythm of the weekday mass, and so you oh, know, we've I, been uh, weekday mass uh, as much as I love Sunday mass, and I truly do. It's the community coming together. It's great, great and gl- uh, grand. But the weekday mass is like, uh, that's what you kind of live by. Sure. And so, you know, this rhythm, we've been having our mass on Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday at 9 a.m. Uh, and there's been really a lot of people participating in that through the website, through social media. Uh, but then there, even on the days that we're not having mass, I've been um, watching the mass that Bishop Barron's Word on Fire team has done Uh and it just kind of keeps you in that rhythm and, and focuses you really at the beginning of the day. I think it, it gives hope to get, to get through the day each day. So I, I really recommend joining us when you can online and then to find some other, other tools. Uh, I love the centering prayer, too. I think that's wonderful. Okay, we've got about 15 minutes. Let's talk about Sunday. This coming Sunday is the fifth Sunday of Lent. Yes. Cycle A. Uh, uh, again, it's in John's Gospel. Uh, there's a lot of John's Gospel for these premier readings. And if you recall, two weeks ago we had the woman at the well, and last week we had the man born blind. This one, it, it just kind of like builds and builds and builds, getting ready for Easter itself. And sure, this sure. the raising of Lazarus from the dead. This is and, a great one. Yeah. And you know that song, uh, and, and I think when Metmar uh, described it, he was not writing it about Lazarus. But, you know, 
you you called and you shouted. Uh, uh, broke through my deafness. Broke through my deafness. Yeah, I was. And now I'm alive again. Is that the yep. name? What's the name of the song? It's called Alive Again. Alive Again. Okay. Yeah. But, but that was the image that I'm thinking about. And in case anybody doesn't know the story, let me tell it real quickly. Uh, Lazarus, Mary, and Martha, two sisters and a brother, they somehow, and I don't know the origin of this, uh, they were friends of Jesus. I often think of those as the people that Jesus would hang out with on a Sunday afternoon. Uh-huh. Hey, what are you going to do? Oh, let's go over to uh, uh, Mary and Martha and maybe Lazzie's home too, so we can. La- Shoot some hoops, okay. Lassie. And, and so they, they hung around together. And then, of course, when they send word to Jesus, uh, Lazarus is sick. It's this amazing thing where he says, uh, it's a really a beautiful line. It says, this illness is not to end in death, but is for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. And then it says, he loved him very much. And he remained for two more days in the place where he was. <laughs> and I, I don't know how to interpret that myself. But then he finally says to the disciples, let us go back to Judea. Now, yeah. see, Mary and Martha and Lazarus lived in Judea, not far from Jerusalem, kind of in the greater Jerusalem metropolitan area. So they went back and it, was a, it took a while to get there. Remember, Jesus was a Galilean. So by the time he gets there, Lazarus is dead. For four, four days. For four days. <laughs> You're it's emphasizing that. For four, F-O-R, F-O-U-R. He's dead for four days. Uh-huh. That's the time. And I love it. You know, last week I talked about it was so earthy when Jesus said, uh, when it said Jesus spat on the ground and made saliva. This is yeah. kind of earthy, too. When, and you can get the, they say, well, you can't go open the tomb. There's a stench. Yeah. And I don't know if you've ever smelled human uh, decay. Um, I Same can't thing. say that I have. It's it's yeah. uh, something I try to stay away from most of the time. Yeah, it's very unique and not pleasant at all. Um, anyway, I'm not going to dwell on that because somebody's going to have nightmares. But uh, <laughs> but uh, he says, "Don't worry, don't worry." So he enters, and this is what I love about it. He does two things. He enters into the situation. He enters into the woman's the women's sorrow. He enters yeah. into their pain, but then he calls out Lazarus. Lazarus, come out! And I always want to really shout that Lazarus, come out! You should. I mean, th- it'll be an empty church on Sunday, so you can say it as loud and, as you want. And you can put the echo chamber on too. <laughs> oh, we did that on the podcast. Do Do we have an echo chamber in the church system? Oh and yeah, I, there's all. By the way, I I don't want you to use it, but I'm just wondering. There are there's uh there's all sorts of effects. Usually we'll put just you generally put like a little bit of reverb on a on a, a vocal channel that sings. It just helps it to sound a little bit better. Uh, but yeah, there's all types of effects. Oh, that'd be so cool! All kinds of effects. We won't do this Sunday, but <laughs> something, you know, Lazarus come out. And you get a thunder and lightning and. Well, uh, not though. <laughs> it's not sound effects. <laughs> we'll, oh, sure. we'll keep it. We'll keep it classy. <laughs> anyway, I once did a homily years ago where I did it from Lazarus' point of view. And it was like Lazarus is speaking about the experience. Yeah. And I did the whole thing first person, like I was Lazarus. And then I heard this somebody calling my name. 
Well, how how could you speak if you were all tied up? So did you? What I did was I stood on the floor level, and I had this. I had an uh, a stole on that was kind of a off white macrame. Yeah. And and I it was kind of wrapped all around me, and I just kind of loosened the the stole a little bit. So they could understand what you were saying. Then I I stood up straight. And uh, and after that, I put the the violet stole back on for the rest of the mass. I would love to know. Visitors probably were like, we went to this church this weekend and this priest lost his mind. (laughs) Well, this this was with a group of college students. Oh, okay, Yeah. Yeah. I got to tell you that. (laughs) Well, maybe this priest has lost his mind. But 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 I often really think. First of all. None of us knows what it's like to be dead. Right. But then what's it like to come back to life again? And again, we have to be very careful, not just to worry about this literally. It's, it's a beautiful, it's wonderful a story of Jesus raising from the dead. And I noticed uh, you're singing the song Resurrected Me. Yeah, yeah. The resurrected king has resurrected me. Yeah. So that we are all called to be. But are we called? You know, do we hear the voice of the Lord calling us? Yeah. Come on out. Not come on down, but come on out. <laughs> oh, I love The Price is Right. It's such a great show. Oh, I see you're addicted to that right now. And no, I the, haven't watched it. I have not watched it this week, but I do like I do like The Price is Right. One, one of your wonderful daughters just wandered into the back of the room behind you, but Did, she, she, she's leaving already. She, she's she had sneaking to get, out. She had to get something. Hi, Father Herb says hi. Yeah. Uh, hi. Right. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. If you see somebody wandering up behind me, scream. That. <laughs> <laughs> so so anyway, so you're talking about you know I actually struggled a little bit with using the song resurrecting this week because I thought oh it's still two weeks out from Easter, but I as I was kind of planning mass this was a couple months ago i i heard your voice saying to me well we don't just compartmentalize you know jesus to certain times of the you know the story of jesus's life to certain times of the year um and so it was so appropriate for this weekend with lazarus you know um and and i think you know I, i i've seen this many times over the years that when i pray through the readings for mass and i'm i'm selecting music it makes sense when I do it two months in advance, but then that weekend it tends to be even more powerful given whatever circumstances are going on. And I, I really, I attribute that to to um, the Holy Spirit's Holy work. Spirit. Yeah, and and now this whole idea that we must we must cling to our faith to be able to to have hope in the midst of what we're going on. You know, the whole idea of Jesus has conquered the grave. Jesus has risen from the dead. There is hope in what he did, and we have to allow that to penetrate our hearts and affect us as well and give us hope for the days ahead. The image of the four days in the tomb, you know, whether it's four days or 40 days, Mm. is always a reminder to me that uh, a moment having lost someone can seem like a forever. Mm. You know, uh, people who grieve, there is no set time on grief. You know, there's, there was that old idea that for uh, six months or a year, the, woman, the widow would wear black and then she was free to go on with her life. We don't have that in our society, but grief goes on longer than a year. It goes on many years. Um, 
I think this year we have to be aware that we we observe Easter, as you said, resurrected me, even even while we're in Lent. Yeah. We know the end of the story. We have to. So we can't just say, oh, I'm not allowed. I, OK, we don't use the word alleluia and we don't do all that kind of rejoicing. But you, ju- you just said it. You just said it. But I didn't sing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but at, but at the same time, we. We're conscious that the new life is already being offered us, has been offered to us. Now, this year, Lent is going to not end at the calendar for Easter. Yeah. The the barren grounds that we're walking through, talk about a wasteland. This is a a Lent like you've never had before, like I've never had before. Right. It goes on and on, and it's going to be a long ordeal. So we have to think of that as saying, Lord, it's not just survive. I, how many times have I been saying this? We're not here just to survive a, a one afternoon walk through the hot sun in the desert. Yeah. We're here to somehow thrive and survive. And, you know, yeah. W- yeah. What, is, what yeah. does thriving look like to you? What does thriving look like to you? Thrive to me means somehow we come out better because of it. We become renewed. We We have a new depth of humanity, relationships, uh, God's grace in our life, uh, maybe a better knowledge of ourselves, uh, a new awareness of our own limitations. I don't I don't think we should ever work, feel bad about admitting that we are weak, that we can't do things. Yeah. Uh, the women, Martha and Mary, they felt helpless. That's okay. We will feel helpless. That's okay. As long as we don't just stop there. Because good helplessness allows us to say, Lord, we can't make it on our own. Yeah, and I, I think that's actually a great word that I think I've been I've been picking up from people is this sense of helplessness. Because we, we so want to have control over situations. I think it's just our human nature to want to control things. And so when we can't, uh, because we don't know we don't know when this will end. We don't know what, you know, tomorrow or the next day may look like much less next week and so it's really hard just to sit in the seat without knowing where the vehicle is going you know uh, that's well said that's a good metaphor um i i find myself thinking that i guess i wasn't even aware of it but a lot of times when you go through a, a rough patch you know even like a, a cold miserable day when you're uh, homebound because of snow or even a a, a touch of uh, the flu or something like that and you think oh another day or two, I'll be back to normal. Or you might find, gee, I'm homebound, and this is a dreary Northwest Ohio day. But, you know, I know I've got a trip to Florida coming up or whatever. And when you can't say, oh, I can do this in a, a week or two weeks or three weeks, and I don't have another place I can run to, I can't run to anywhere right now. Yeah, I, th- I think we that's where we... And come face to face with our own limitations, which is really tough, but good. It's hard, but good. And then that brings us back to the gospel. For Lazarus to have been raised from the dead, there was one prerequisite. He had to die first. <laughs> That's true. I never thought of that. So uh, if you've ever taken a course where there's a prerequisite and like, well, the prerequisite is statistics or something. Yeah, yeah. Don't, you have to die first. Now, statistics <laughs> professors are going to call me complaining. But That's true. Yeah, you don't want to make enemies right now. No, but we're going to have to die. And 
That's what happened with Lazarus. You know, I th- I think too, it's knowing what what are the, what are the blessings in the midst of the turmoil, right? And so, you know, even at the beginning of the day, and you know, we were talking about that centering prayer earlier. Maybe within that centering prayer, it's uh, the idea that we can focus on the things that we have yeah. that are good in our lives, you know, a place to, to be self quarantined, you know, food to eat people that love us, people that are checking in on us, uh, a faith community that, uh, is a really special thing to be a part of, obviously a loving God that loves us unconditionally. You know, there, there is still good in the midst of the turmoil. Gratitude always, always brings us closer to God in, it's not just, say, Oh, thank you Lord for this day. But I'm talking about, it's a little trite to say the attitude of gratitude, but that whole idea that it be part, become a part of our own DNA, that we become grateful people, that we somehow realize we are dependent on God, but God is love and God is not going to stop loving us. You know, back to that kind of the image of being in the vehicle, it's, it's the acknowledgement of God's in the driver's seat, Right. So if you can acknowledge the person that is in charge and that is somebody that you completely trust, that's where, where hope and happiness comes from. Amen. That sounds good to me. All right. Well, you called and you shouted, and uh, we did the podcast together, so that's a good sign. This is cool. Um, <laughs> that's going to be my song about you from now on. You called and you shouted, broke through my deafness. What's that? that- <laughs> We're not even singing that this weekend. I dropped the ball there. I, I know. That's why I looked to see what the songs were for this week. I was well, wondering if it was in the mix. The good news is we can do it in three years. <laughs> okay, I'll remember. Oh, my goodness. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of the 23 Podcast. Please know, as always, we are praying for you, and uh, we can feel your prayers for us. Please know that, and we are we are so grateful for them. And thank you again for the support that we all of us on staff continue to receive notes from people and please don't stop doing that that means so much because it reminds us that what we're doing is going there to you and making a difference beautifully said we'll see you this morning uh this morning we'll see you sunday morning 10 a.m for mass and uh, until then we'll talk to you next time on the 23 podcast and god bless everybody <laughs>